0: Well, we uh, are grateful for uh, you being here tonight. Uh, we're uh, grateful for you helping us over this past year. We got back from the mission field just about a year ago this time, and you've been very gracious to uh, help us get adjusted back to being in the states and adjusted to being back in a church. And uh, we're we're really excited about being back here. We also. Are grateful for you uh, praying for missions and missionaries Uh, you prayed very specific for us for those 10 years that we were in turkey and uh, it meant a lot to us and we're uh, uh, able to share blessings with you because of what you've done for us we also want to thank you for giving to missions uh, not just foreign missions but state missions and home missions at all goes together. It's all part of a package deal. It's all part of our responsibility as we seek to fulfill the great mission, great commission. So uh, uh, not only do you give funds through the light Moon Christmas offering, which is coming up, but you give funds to uh, the International Mission Board through the cooperative program that, that comes out of uh, part of your budget giving. And uh, that makes up about half of the Budget for the uh, International Mission Board and the other half comes from the Lighty Moon Christmas Offering. Dr. Craig, we appreciate you giving us this opportunity and uh, it's a blessing to get to share with the church about uh, something that's dear to us and I know it's dear to the church here. Uh, we want to uh, take a passage of scripture and use it as a focal point for what we're sharing with you tonight and we'll be in Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 and I will uh, read that uh, as, uh, as you listen. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John, Then Peter said, look at us. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. We want to talk to you from the standpoint of how can God do a mighty work, and we want to use this passage of scripture and uh, uh, talk to you about how God can do a mighty work in your life.
1: Verses 1 and 2 say, one day Peter and John. Oh, sorry. They can one do day, do a mighty work when you do use a, a microphone. Work. Yes. <laughs> Let's try that again. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Peter and John were going up to pray at the temple. Uh, Jesus had already gone back to heaven, but they were still walking with the Lord. They were walking with him through his spirit, and they knew they needed many things to help them in their walk, one of those being prayer. So they were on their way to the temple to pray. Uh, Prayer is so basic. To our Christian faith. If you want to walk with the Lord, that's where you start. First, you pray. This is the week of prayer for Lottie Moon Offering. These are all around the church. And you might say, well, I don't know how to pray for a missionary. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you open this thing up at the bottom of each day, it says, pray this. Just read it to God and say, God, do this. Please help these people. It's easy. He hears our prayers. It's very important. So what else does it take to walk with the Lord? Well, first you pray, and then you study His Word, the Bible. I don't mean just read it. I mean study it. What is it saying to you? Ask the Spirit to make it clear to you what the words mean. And memorize verses. Oh. Most of you just turned me off when I said the word "memorize." okay? I know it's hard, but Psalm 119.11 says, I will hide your word in my heart, and then it gives a reason why, so that I will not sin against you. If we want to keep sin at bay, we need to put God's word in our heart. So first we pray, then we study the word, then we put it in our hearts. What else do we do if we want to walk with the Lord? Well, we give. We give an offering to the church. We give a tithe. It's not a suggestion. It's a command that we tithe. And then if we want to give something else, great. But I'm not talking about money. You can give your time. What are you good at? You can do that in the church or about the church or helping people. What are your talents? You can give your time. You can go and visit someone who maybe needs a visit. There are lots of homebound on that list. There are lots in the nursing homes. Give your time. Just go and visit. How can we help others? Oh, my. Look around. There are lots of needs. If God impresses you to help, he will enable you to do that. So look around. The main thing that he's after in our walk with him is obedience. He says that he wants that better than sacrifice. That's what he says in 1 Samuel 15:22. To obey is better than sacrifice. Peter and John were obedient. They were going to pray. They were walking in the spirit of God of Christ as he had showed them while he was here. So, keep walking with the Lord.
0: Okay. Not only um, do we uh, walk with the Lord when we want to see him do a mighty work, but we also trust him. Uh, you know, Peter and John were going up to the temple, and the guy was standing outside begging. And it reminds me a lot of uh, being in uh, Istanbul. There was a, a mosque that was in a real busy area of the city, and there were always people outside of the mosque uh, begging, uh, usually at one mosque that most of the guys there were blind, but they were mainly there at the times of prayer. So you see this very example of what was going on in Peter and John's life going into the temple. As Peter and John were going up there, they weren't really expecting anything uh, like a miracle to happen. I don't think Peter and John got up that morning and were slipping on their robe and said, let's go do a miracle today. Uh, You know, they were just being obedient to the Lord, walking with the Lord, like Mary said, but they were also trusting the Lord. Uh, and when, uh, the man asked them for help, when he asked them for money, uh, it says that Peter and John, uh, looked at him and said, look at us. You know, to me, that's kind of funny. It's like, look at us. I don't have any money. You know, it's like, but, uh, they were trying to make sure that, uh, they had his full attention. And when they got his attention uh peter said we don't we don't have any money, uh, but what we do have, I'll give you you know a lot of times today uh we look at ourselves and uh, we say that uh we don't have uh money to give, or we could say uh that we do have money, and we don't do anything in the name of Jesus, we might just Rely on our money. You know, and that's certainly not what God is talking about. We are here asking you to give to Lottie Moon to support missions, but we're also asking you to walk with the Lord so that He can mighty do a mighty work in your life. And we want to make sure that as we trust the Lord, we don't operate just out of what we think we have. We want to operate out of what Jesus has. And that's what Peter and John were doing as they begin to uh, talk to this man. Uh, As we lived in um, Turkey, especially over about the last five years, uh, there were more and more refugees coming into Turkey uh, from Syria. And I know you're all familiar with that, and it's still a huge humanitarian crisis there. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, folks have gone to try to help with that. I know Luke and Donna were involved with some Uh, refugees and trying to help them but um, uh, as we started seeing those refugees come into the country there was another co-worker that we were meeting with and talking with and we just had a huge burden for seeing all these families on the street and uh, we got together with him and we were talking about what we could possibly do and it's one of those situations man with with all these hundreds of thousands of people, what could you do? But we decided that whenever we saw these families that we would start uh, going into the nearest store and buying food uh, for their families. Most of the time they had small children with them and we would buy uh, water and uh, juice and things just for them for that day. And I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, we were so burdened, we just didn't know what else to do. So that rocked on for a while and uh, then we uh, were wondering what else we could do, and we met with a representative in Istanbul that was uh, uh, with a Baptist Global Response. And you may not know, have you ever heard of Baptist Global Response? Well, it uh, <laughs> it's part of the International Mission Board. The money you give to World Hunger all that money goes to Baptist Global Response. And those funds are used strictly for helping people. They're not used in any other uh, means. They're not used to help missionaries. They're not used to, if, if, we, if a missionary goes to do something to help a family, it doesn't pay anything for helping getting the missionary there. Those funds are strictly for meeting uh, needs of people around the world. So we talked to him, and we said, look, What can we do to try to help these people? And uh, he talked with us a while, and then he said, okay, I'll be looking around. So not too long after that, he came back to us, and um, he said, I've found a group of refugees that are in the eastern part of the city. Um, And the eastern part of the city was an hour and a half from where we were. But um, uh, he said, I found a group there and asked them what they needed, and they said what we need is somebody to teach our children English, and the refugees that are in Turkey and uh, have been passing through Turkey are uh, guests. They can't work. Their kids can't go to school. They're just like they're visiting in the country, and some of them have been there for years, so these uh, families were wanting uh, an environment where their kids could learn English, so uh, Mary and I and then uh, uh, a couple of other couples started going there on Fridays to uh, work with these children uh, teaching English. And when we first got out there, um, we didn't really have a place to meet. We were meeting outside. Uh, but but the kids were real eager to, to learn. You could tell they missed a school environment if that ever happens to a child. Okay. It happened to this group. Uh, so you know, they really weren't wanted there. They wouldn't. They weren't wanted in the area they were living in. Uh, actually, one day we were there working with the kids and the police came up and then kind of looked around. In a minute, they came back and <laughs> asked us if we had a permit to be doing that. And we said, no, we didn't think we really needed a permit, but they didn't bother us too much. But, uh, 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 you know, we, we weren't working from what we had, but we were working from what Jesus had. We were just trusting him to do a work. As we were getting ready to share with you tonight, um, I I talked with uh, that that individual uh, with the board uh, about what was going on. He said, they're still working there. Uh, The families are still passing through. Uh, He said, one family recently had kind of given up on trying to get through the country legally and they had gone and uh, paid money to get on a boat and they were told they would get on a yacht but uh, you've seen the kind of boats they get on and uh, when they got to the boat the family was split up and uh, our friend said they had heard from half the family but they haven't heard anything from the other half of the family and that usually means that they drown. So... uh, I want you to know that uh, your international missionaries are there seeking to try to minister to this humanitarian need and uh, seeking to uh, uh, trust Jesus and uh, help those people in the process.
1: Another part that we want to talk about is being faithful. Peter and John were obedient. They were faithful to what uh, Jesus had asked them to do. And they were where they were supposed to be. When Mike and I were overseas, we were where we were supposed to be at that time. Every Wednesday night, we had a building that uh, we set up an English club. And the local people would come there to practice their English. Uh, Mike was the tea maker and the teacup washer. But he was also the greeter and the welcomer. And the listener, when these people would come in, they'd been working hard all day, or uh, some of the ladies had been shopping and uh, but he was always ready to listen to whatever they had to say and to give them a warm cup of tea and make them feel welcome. That was his job and then later on, it was washing the teacups and getting them back out for somebody to have some more tea and maybe make another big pot of tea so but he was there, and he made them feel welcome and When it was time for the classes to start, I would take the beginners into our room and I would try to make them feel welcome. Their English was very broken, but they wanted so desperately to speak well and so we would practice we would I would pantomime a story, and they would ask them, "What am I doing?" and I would make them tell me in English, and they were like, "What?" And so, but it was fun. And we had a lot of laughter. We I tried to make them feel acknowledged, make them feel enabled by the time they finished, that you can do this. You can learn English. You know it up here. So let's get it out. Let's speak. Grammar and pronunciation, that was part of it. But sharing the love of Jesus, that was the biggest part. And we had people tell us, I don't know what it is about coming here, but it's just so peaceful in this building. And we said, well, let me tell you where that peace comes from. And so we were able to plant some seeds, and even in our broken language, we we would carry them to those who spoke better than we do, and they would go deeper. But we were faithful, just like Peter and John. We were faithful to do what God had called us to do. We were where we were supposed to be.
0: So uh, not only uh, are we faithful when we want to see God do a mighty work, we also go expecting the Lord to show his power. Peter and John had just walked with the Lord for uh, the previous three years, and they were uh, uh, used to seeing Jesus' work. And as they uh, saw this man that had been lame from birth, and that was, if you read on a little bit further in uh uh acts you see that this man was 40 years old uh, jesus was able to step into this man's life and provide healing for him and when he did that for everybody around it brought a wonder and amazement uh, you know when we go through life do you go through life expecting uh, jesus to show his power like Peter and John did. When they looked at this man, they said, man, Jesus is going to do something. They were expecting him to uh, do a mighty work. Uh, do we go through life checking off our boxes, or do we go through life expecting Jesus to do uh, a mighty work in our lives? Uh, when we're obedient to him, then he can do that mighty work. When Mary was talking about us being involved in English tea time, it was, uh, it was on Wednesday night, so those were some long days like you experienced, Dr. Craig, on Wednesdays. But, uh, uh, you know, it, we would start early in the morning, and then this would usually go to about 10 o'clock at night by the time we got cleaned up. But uh, we, we went through those experiences, those weekly experiences, uh, expecting God to do a mighty thing. Uh, sometimes God doing a mighty thing in a Turk's life uh, to having a, a spiritual conversation uh, takes many years. On average, it takes seven years from the time a Turk has been introduced to the gospel to a time when they can accept him as the Lord of their life. There was one young man that uh, had been coming to this English club that Mary was talking about almost from the beginning, some, about uh, ten years. And uh, I well, call him A.R., uh, just for the sake of uh, not using his name. But, uh, you know, at the beginning, a single young man uh, didn't have any interest at all in spiritual things, um, not from our standpoint anyway, and he was probably a nominal Muslim. Uh, uh, they, he probably wouldn't say that, but uh, from the way he lived, he was probably a nominal Muslim. But uh, I was talking... Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were emailing with uh, the guy who was our team leader, and he's actually from uh, Natchitoches. Uh, but uh, he was the leader of our team and the um, uh, younger guy. And he told me that this guy had uh, uh, started talking to them about uh, what it means to accept Christ and uh, had decided that Islam was not for him. Uh, and and that's one step, and the other step is coming to faith in Christ, and sometimes there's uh, quite a distance between those two steps. But, uh, you know, the purpose of the English Club, you know, we wanted to try to help them uh, to improve in life, but the purpose was to build relationships so that we could find out people that would be interested in knowing more about Jesus Christ, and once we identify those people, then we started having meetings with them separately um, so uh, our team leader said that uh, this young man AR had uh, started meeting with him and another Turk that was a believer, and uh, they had watched the passion of Christ and uh, it made a real impact on him so uh, as we go about our lives. Uh, here and there, wherever we are, we want to go about it expecting uh, Jesus Christ to do a mighty work, Uh, and we want to go about uh, our lives expecting him to use his power. You know, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us as believers, and it's a tremendous power that a lot of times we keep uh, bottled up. Uh, did Dr. Craig, did you talk about here a week ago about it being in our big toe? Uh, so some of us might have big, big toes. But uh, anyway, that uh, that power is in there, and, uh, and God desires for us to live in a way that he can do that mighty work in our lives. Um, we uh, we want to uh, uh, let you see thanks from the International Mission Board. Uh, there's a DVD that we're going to play, and it is... Uh, Is produced as part of the Lottie Moon uh, Christmas Offering emphasis uh, this year.
1: Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much
0: for giving. For giving. Thank you for your giving. To the Lottie Moon Offering. Toward Lottie Moon.
1: Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering.
0: But most importantly... Due to your generosity, we've been able to share God's word with those around us. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you, you. First Baptist Church in Riverside, right. in California. You you.
0: Because you gave, I am able to access remote areas of Central Asia and explain the gospel with people God is already drawing to himself. With your help, we are bringing light to the dark places among unreached people groups.
1: Because of what you've given, It allows me to share this gospel with as many Central Asians as I can across London. Your giving allows our organization to provide need for refugees and to give them hope. Thank you for giving
0: to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that we can buy Bibles in Arabic that we use with our Discovery Bible study with non-believers.
1: Because of your generosity, African women are hearing stories from God's word while henna is being drawn on their hands and arms. And because of your giving, the life changes that we see through faith in Jesus Christ. That happens because of your gifts. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and helping to provide this wonderful water filter here in northern Thailand. Your
0: giving allows me to continue with my medical license here in Ghana where I can not only
1: do surgeries, but also the patients have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So thank you.
0: Because of your giving, I'm able to speak to these thousand kids
1: every Wednesday morning. Thank you. Thank you, First Baptist Church. Thank you, Faith Promise Church. Thank you, Pastor Baptist Church.
0: Thank you for giving to Matthew.
1: Thank you, and God bless you.
0: If we could line up those 4,000 missionaries that you support uh, through the International Mission Board, all of them would express what you just heard. Uh, They would tell you thank you for what you're doing. Your gifts do multiple things around the world. Uh, I've heard it said a lot of times that uh, the sun never sets on the dollars that you give to missions around the world. You know, uh, the church has a a goal of $25,000, and, you know, we're not giving just to meet a goal uh, we 're giving so that uh, wonder and amazement will come to uh, people by them seeing what this church has done for missions. You know wonder and amazement came through the uh, miracle that Peter and John performed uh, we We want that same miracle to happen here i don't i don 't hesitate to ask you to give to missions uh, just as Mary said. That we were uh, commanded to tithe and I believe that we are uh, we're also commanded to give to help meet the needs of other people uh, you know we're not limited by a goal of twenty five thousand dollars you know this this room the people in this room could easily surpass that amount so uh, we're we're asking you to give out of what Jesus has don't don't look at your bank account and say, this is what I have. I'm asking you to give out of what Jesus has. And, uh, and he lays out some very specific challenges for us. Just so happens this week I uh, uh, worked with uh, some college students and Merrick's got us a reading through 2 Corinthians and we were in 2 Corinthians uh, 8 today. And it's talking about uh, giving and uh, Paul was challenging the Corinthian church uh, to have their gift ready. And, and one thing in, he said in there, he said, uh, I'm testing the genuineness of your love. I think God's testing the genuineness of our love when he looks at the world today. Do we, do we really love uh, like he loved us? Uh, do we really see a need around the world? You know, uh, uh, so much over this past year and a half with the uh, Political situations gone on. Uh, I'm afraid that our country is turning inside, and we're wanting to say, "Okay, everything stops at the border." That's not what God says. God says that we're to have a heart for the world. Uh, Paul, Paul also said in uh, chapter eight in Corinthians, he said, "There's a surplus. There's a surplus available for their need." We, we have a surplus. We're not like Peter and John standing at the temple gate beautiful and saying we don't have silver or gold. When we look at our lives, we're, we're filthy rich compared to the rest of the world. And and we need to give from that standpoint. You know, this giving area, and I know we probably shouldn't talk about giving this much, Dr. Craig, but uh, I'll, I'll come in and do penance tomorrow or something. Uh, but, you know, this, this is one area where God says we can test him. You know, I, there's not a lot of areas I want to think about testing God. But in this case, he says, test me. If you look in Malachi 3.10, he says, uh, test him to see if he will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. Now, am I saying that just because you give the Lottie Moon, you're going to get blessed? No, I'm not. But I am saying if you have a heart like that, I believe that God honors that heart. And if you give out of a heart like that, it's going to, be a, it's going to bring wonder and amazement to the people around, and it's going to be a blessing to the rest of the world. You know, as we end up here tonight, um, maybe... The Holy Spirit has looked at you, and he 's saying, "Look, look at me, and maybe he 's pricking your heart because you don't know him if if that's the case we we challenge you to get to know him tonight. Um, maybe you're here and you don't have a church home. Uh, this would be a great place uh, to sink your life into to be involved in ministering to this community and ministering to people around the world. Um, maybe you need to pray about what you 're going to give." <laughs> Uh, maybe you need to pray about start tithing. Uh, I know Dr. Craig and Mike could work out time to help you with that uh, but uh, you know ever how God may be touching you and speaking your heart tonight, we would encourage you to respond to their area. Dr. Craig, thank you for allowing us to speak tonight.